0: Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan, how's it going?
0: I have failed you, Amy.
1: How so? I can't wait to hear what this is.
0: I, I failed you. I, I did not get an interview with George Schroeder this week.
1: Oh, yes. I already knew this. You were, you were supposed to come through.
0: Well, yes, and no excuses, but I'll tell you what happened. Okay. Not an excuse, though. Uh, well, so it's a short week anyway. Right. George's first day was Tuesday. Right. And I was wrapped up in meetings all day Tuesday. So he was busy first day, everything. Yesterday, on uh, we're recording this on Thursday night, but Wednesday, just a crazy day at the office. Didn't have a chance really to to get together to, to record anything. We had some events at the office and a couple other things. So... Lost yesterday. And then my wife had an unexpected medical procedure done today. Nothing major, just some uh, some tests. Right, let's clarify so, that. She's okay. Yeah, so had to take her to the doctor and they had to do general anesthetics. So I was with her all day, so I wasn't at the office. So I, I just have not had a chance to sit down and, and record. So next week that's, we'll get the interview that's okay. with George.
1: Next week. It seems like he's had a good week. Catching Vanderbilt basketball game, things like that. So yeah. a good first week in the office. I yeah. have enjoyed the meetings I've been in with him via video. So
0: yeah, so it's going really well. So I, I'm excited about him being part of the team now, and looking forward to uh, what's to come at Baptist Press in the future. So uh, welcome again, George, and we'll, we'll have him on here so everybody can hear him. We'll talk a little sports, maybe even next week, as uh, as I'll, I'll get him on the on the uh, on the podcast here. So don't worry about that. All right. All right, Amy, let's jump into the news here this week. We have a, a big event going on this weekend in Washington, D.C., the March for Life. President Trump is actually going to be speaking at that. That is the first time a sitting president has spoken at the March for Life.
1: You know, I was shocked by that piece of trivia.
0: Same. It just absolutely, like, it's it's not like he has to travel a lot, right? It's right outside the window.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, and it yeah.
1: now, now let's be clear. So, other presidents have addressed the rally by video or yes. phone, but he will be the first to speak at the event. I think, I mean, this is not something I've researched or anything. And, and part of this would be because I was young, but I guess I just assumed that Reagan would have spoken at it
0: or but, HW or W. Right.
1: Right. But, but shocking.
0: No. But hey, so President Trump. We'll be speaking at that. Uh, I guess the day folks listen to this, he'll be speaking at it at noon. So I'll try to get it up before noon so people can hear this and then tune in to, to see it. And we may even have some listeners that are there. I know we have several friends that are in DC right now for the March for Life. So it's possible that people could be listening to this while they march, Amy.
1: Yes. And we do, and Southern Baptists do have a representation, the ERLC. It has a number of staff members and leaders, uh, Russell Moore, Trillian Newbell, and others that uh, are, are there, have been doing an event, an, an Evangelicals for Life event at the Museum of the Bible. Tonight, actually, Thursday night, the night we've recorded this, they'll be marching and at the rally. So, so there are Southern Baptists there.
0: Yeah. Also speaking at the March for Life are David Platt, Southern Baptist, and Jim Daly. The uh, focus on the family president. So uh, there you go. Be kind of neat. I have to tune into that tomorrow in DC. All right, Amy. It's January. You know what that means?
1: Uh, CP. That's always what you say. I know that's not on our list, but every time you say, you know what that means. All right. What does that mean?
0: It means we have another announcement for a nomination. That
1: has nothing to do with January. We Apparently this never, year it does. Uh, we never have announcements in January, and now they're all happening in they're January, all, all except happening. for except for the one that happened in the fall. So yes. this has thrown off and all of our And the one that came paradoks. in
0: December. I think there was one that actually came in December. We didn't talk about it until January. Yeah, this yeah. has
1: thrown off everything we know to expect about lead up to SBC annual meeting. But yes, we do have another nomination for second vice president.
0: Yeah, Nobody wants um, to run for first vice president, apparently. Yeah, we, that's still open.
1: That's still completely open. So uh, the nominee I is- I nominate you, Amy. For what?
0: First vice president. No. No? Um, what
1: would I
0: you do, do if choose... I did that?
1: If, what is the- fr- I do not choose to run. Is that what Calvin Coolidge said? If, if nominated, I will not accept something like that. Those famous sayings. Dusty Durbin, pastor yes. of- of Big Level Baptist Church from what a great Wiggins, church name, by the way. Yeah, from Wiggins, Mississippi, will be nominated by Jonathan Jenkins, who is a pastor from Alabama. And um a conversation today, we were getting this, uh, having our meeting, and the Baptist Press staff was getting this story ready and commented that that's a really great name, Dusty yes, Durbin. Dusty Durbin, yeah, pretty pretty could legit be a NASCAR driver. Yes, would be a great NASCAR name. I wonder if he is a sports guy or or anything. But yeah, so Dusty's been in ministry for 13 years uh, at his current church since March, 2018. He uh, has led his church to give generously through the cooperative program to Annie Armstrong and Lottie Moon missions offerings. That's in the quote from Jonathan Jenkins, who will be nominating him. And so that's, you know, another person throwing their hat in the ring.
0: Yeah. Have you ever been to Wiggins, Mississippi, Amy?
1: I've I not. No, where is Wiggins?
0: Stone County, Mississippi.
1: I know very little about Mississippi except I have been to Natchez. I've done the like the home tour there.
0: Not near Wiggins.
1: Okay, and my dad, who moved around a lot, he was a a preacher's kid, moved around a lot as a kid, but the place he lived the most was Columbus, Mississippi. Okay. So I've also been there. A,
0: not near. A, Okay. Wiggins. That's all I Wiggins know. Is, Wiggins is between Hattiesburg and the, the Gulf Coast. So if you go from Hattiesburg to Biloxi, you go through Wiggins. Okay.
1: There you go. So right on 49. Well,
0: Boom. Right down there, Stone County, rock and roll. Well. Other than being from Wiggins, Mississippi, Amy, Dusty has pastored in Atlanta, Louisiana. Yes. And also was the youth and education pastor at Woodhaven Baptist Church in Tickfall, Louisiana. Now, do you know where Tickfall is?
1: I didn't even know that was a town.
0: My parents used to live there. My dad pastored First Baptist Church of Tickfall, Louisiana.
1: Well, I'm glad you got to share that part of this story then.
0: So I know exactly where this church is. I know exactly where Tickfall is. It's on 51 just north of Hammond.
1: I'm surprised you don't know Dusty. So
0: I'm surprised I don't know Dusty either. But I know him yes. from uh, from online. So we've Right. We're in a Facebook group together, so I know him from that. But uh he also holds a Bachelor of Arts in Christian Ministry from Level College in New Orleans a Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry from Louisiana College, and a Doctor of Ministry from North Greenville. So uh, he will be the second candidate. The other candidate, Stephen Feinstein, was announced uh, earlier in the month, and uh, we covered that on the podcast I think two weeks ago. So that is uh, that makes two for second vice president.
1: Well, there we go. So we'll see if any more come in, and certainly if uh, first vice president, uh, if any nominees come, because right now it's open.
0: I'm sure there will. So I'm just waiting on someone to announce you. All right. February 1st. you know what that is, Amy?
1: It is the opening of child care registration.
0: That's right. It's also the pre-registration opens for the annual meeting for messengers. But child care registration for the SBC annual meeting opens February 1st. So there's three levels of child care. There's preschool, ironically run by Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. You can make <laughs> your own jokes there. There's the children's group that is run by the Giant Cow Ministries, which you've always talked about. And then Youth on Mission is for the teenagers. There's a small fee associated with each level, but they're open on February 1st, and I guarantee you they're going to be sold out and full in probably just a few weeks. There's going to be a lot of people coming this year, all right?
1: Yes, especially the preschool. So jump in there. February 1st, get your spot.
0: They have expanded the capacity this year, right? They have okay. up to 150 birth to five years old. So that's that's a lot bigger than usually. I don't think they even go up to 100 usually. Maybe maybe it's a little over 100 typically for birth to five years old. They're up to 150 because they know people are coming. They right. know families are coming this year. So they're going to be ready. So they've expanded, but I guarantee you it's still going to be-
1: It's still going to fill up. It's still going to be so packed,
0: yes. So, yes. And all the child care is age appropriate. It's all, everybody's screened. I mean, it's it's a it's a good child care program that we have every year, and I know people that have used it. I have not used it because my kids have never come, but I know people that have, and they really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we did uh, we did giant cow one year, and uh, and it was good. The kids did some you know, missions activities, things like that. They really yeah. really liked that, and then there were. A few years that they did not come, that they stayed behind with grandparents. And now when they come, they kind of each have their own thing. Mary is in yep. the meeting all the time. Drew is chilling out, ordering pizza. So that's their complete <laughs> opposites. wings at
0: the hotel restaurant.
1: Restaurant. Yes. Yeah. And to, to which we would just have people say, Hey, I saw your kid in the restaurant with a big bucket of wings. And meanwhile, I'm getting texts from, then I'm getting texts from the other one asking me about motions and votes and why is this person doing this? So complete opposites.
0: Yes. The giant cow is going to have about 400 spots. So that's, that's a lot of kids for giant cow. So a giant cow ministries be handling that. And then you've got all the the youth on mission stuff. So they actually go out and do mission projects. So really cool thing. So something for all ages of kids uh, from birth up to teens uh, in the youth on mission. So it's a great thing opens next Saturday. So that's February 1st, that registration opens and you can find out more at SBC annual Net. Some sad news, Amy, William Dub Jackson, a missions pioneer, died at 95 after an extended illness this past week.
1: Jackson was known for uh, partnership missions. Um, he was a missionary to the Japanese people. After being a fighter pilot who saw combat in the Pacific, he went and was a missionary to Japan, developed a new strategy of missions work, um, partnership missions in which lay people were encouraged to become short-term missionaries rather than only those called to full-time missions. So he was just known for his evangelism, focus on reaching people. There was an article in the Southwestern Journal of Theology in 2014 that's quoted in the story uh, at BP that said his most amazing and effective partnership campaign was in April 1963, in which 549 Americans went to Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, the Philippines, Hong Kong, and Singapore. And they witnessed more than 45,000 people praying to receive the Lord during the six weeks of the campaign. About 25,000 wow. were Japanese. And knowing, you know, sort of my experience in Japan of, uh, it's the way they say it. It's an open, closed country in that it's open and you can uh, share the gospel, but the culture just makes people so closed off to it. And so to hear that. You know, 25,000 received Christ through this uh, in, in 1963. That's just pretty incredible. So a uh, real example and a great story there uh, that Jim Smith from Southwestern Seminary wrote. And we have uh, and we posted a Baptist press. So uh, it, you would do well to, to read that. And our prayers are yeah. with his family.
0: What a legacy. Man, that yeah. is just amazing. So, Really incredible. Speaking of the IMB, Amy, they'll be celebrating their 175th anniversary this year, including a big interactive experience at the IMB booth at the Southern Baptist Convention in Orlando that will allow people to walk through the 175 years of IMB history. They've also got an interactive timeline, some missionary vignettes and short videos, and a photo book. So from some of uh, the stories of God's movement among the nations throughout the history of the IMB. So a lot of digital assets they will be pushing out throughout the year to celebrate their 175th anniversary. The big cornerstone of this, though, will be 175 days of prayer, which will begin on May 11th and culminate with IMB's Week of Prayer for International Missions, which is at the end of November and December. And they're seeking to enlist at least 1,750 prayer advocates who will commit to pray specifically for IMB requests. You can find out more about that at imb.org slash pray. So imb.org slash pray. You can find out more about the whole thing, imb.org slash 175. So that sounds like fun. we we'll have to get some pictures and some video of that exhibit at the annual meeting, Amy.
1: All right, very cool. So there was a meeting last week, Southern Baptist Convention State Partnership Directors. And uh, they met, so this is all the Baptist State Conventions meeting for mission strategizing. So we're talking about missions. Let's, you know, think through this. Uh, it was a two-day meeting. It brought mission partnership leaders from Baptist State Conventions in Alabama, the Carolinas, so that would be both North and South Carolina, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, New England, and Texas. And it really uh, focused in, they had a speaker, uh, Nick Ripken, who a lot of people have heard. He's amazing, him. by the way. Yeah, he's incredible. You just sit and you could listen to him forever. Um, Terry Sharp from the IMB Convention and Network Relations Leader talked to them about helping churches mobilize the nations next door. Um,
0: Terry's good too, by the way. I, I, oh, I feel Terry's bad awesome. that we we didn't talk about Terry like we did Nick, but
1: yeah. Nick is Nick is amazing. Terry is amazing. I think Terry would understand our reaction to Nick. I think he yeah. he would know that. Yes,
0: Nick sold a few more books, probably.
1: Yes, but this was a, a an opportunity really because these are, are folks with the IMB to yeah. connect with the states and help people know how to better mobilize churches to partner with missionaries on the field. So this is a a great meeting that they had, and I hope the hope maybe more are in the works for that. Yes.
0: And I know there was another big state meeting up in the Midwest this week. We heard a lot of people that had been in part of that just saying how great the Midwest advanced was. So I think they had around 1,200, 1,500 people at that. So just a a huge event up in the Midwest that they're doing every other year now. So we'll probably have a story next week on that. So some good state meetings going on right now. And uh, kind of a wild moment in Arkansas involving some of their state workers, the disaster relief volunteers working on a roof down the street. Uh, from some recent tornadoes, they were helping repair a damaged roof and started seeing smoke come from a house just a few houses down. So they ran down there, investigated, and found that their two women were inside the house.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and and went in there and got them, and were able to uh, cr- quickly rescue them. So, and then, I mean, there's pictures here. It's like the house you see all the smoke and then the flames. So I I mean Southern Bridge. Oh my Baptist goodness, and they relief. went in
1: they went yeah. in and rescued the dog.
0: Yeah. And and they were unable to retrieve the wheelchair for the lady, but I, I think okay. that she will pass on the wheelchair knowing that she's out of the house. So
1: Right, and I'm sure that's we I'm sure that's that. being taken care of that oh, wheelchair. I just
0: saw the pup. I just got to the pup.
1: Yeah, they there was a dog, and it's a puppy, it looks like. It's a little dog.
0: That would have been a tough and one to find in the smoke, you know? A little yeah, dark, little they, black well, chocolate black lab dog. it was a dog, yeah. yeah.
1: Said they found him on the back porch, unconscious and required mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But they, Not going to ask any questions. But they, they got it. This is a great story. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Wow, well, disaster relief um, people coming through, man. Them yellow shirts getting yeah. after it. They don't just do yeah. roofs, Amy. They do search and rescue.
1: They do it all. This is this is great, and um, very thankful to hear that everyone got out of the
0: house. Yes, so absolutely it's incredible. So, well done to those guys. So uh, yeah, sure we'll probably see them being honored later in the year, uh, maybe by the state convention there. So that that's pretty awesome. Yep. All right, well that's gonna do it for our news this week. We'll end on the high note of the dog being rescued, Amy, and that'll bring us yes. to my favorite part of the week, other than cute pictures of puppies. My favorite part of the week this week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds.
1: Well. I've actually got another story of kind of an emergency situation. Uh So this is in 1994. I was just looking through old Baptist press articles and found one that uh, was from January 25th, was when the story came out. It actually was an event that happened on the 17th. So we're off a little bit. I guess it was kind of last week in SBC history, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So there was a blizzard... In Louisville, Kentucky, which I think, if my memory is serving me right, I think this was a pretty big snowstorm that made it that was down in Nashville as well because that was the year we had a snowstorm that we were in the house like stuck in the house for a week and then we had a bad ice storm not long after that. Um, so I think I actually remember this. But uh, a Southern Seminary student in uh, in student housing, his wife went into labor as they had like 16 inches of snow and the blizzard had shut Louisville down for three days. Okay. And it's like sub zero temperatures. They call nine one one, I guess. And the, the emergency medical personnel tell them it's going to be three hours before an ambulance could come to the home. Oh, wow. And so they didn't know because the snow had piled up on the streets of the apartment complex. So where that apartment complex is, it's, it's right off of, um, Shelbyville Road, I believe, um, and or where Shelbyville's like hits Frankfort Avenue, something like that, and so that's a a pretty trafficked road. That would be one that would have gotten cleared, but to get out of the the housing, I mean, the they wouldn't have had a way. So it it says in this story that like word spread through Village Manor, and a bunch of people, eight of them, got out in sub zero temperatures and dug. And pushed the car out to the street. Oh, wow. And then another student, a student from Romania, drove her to the hospital as uh, her husband followed in a car with their son and her mother. Um, It's I mean, it's kind of a harrowing experience to read about. It's a pretty long story. And then there was a little nugget in there that it said um, it, it quoted their upstairs neighbor, Greg Thornberry who went on to be well-known in SBC circles for a a time where he was – at Union University, and then at one time was the president of King's College in New York. Greg Thornberry was their upstairs neighbor, said he rushed to aid the couple when he heard a lot of commotion outside. And so uh, he they go and, and help pushing. He he went and was part of the eight people helping push their escort out. So then there's some quotes from uh, Dr. Moeller about how Southern Seminary pulled together. They did, you know, all of these things. And then David Dockery, said they only had to cancel 2 days of class. So, anyway, just very interesting. This seems to be an unseasonably warm winter for us. I mean, it what pretty, this week? It was it was cold today, but it's not like snow weather or anything. It's not winter weather this year for us. And so, uh I thought it was was interesting. We experienced one really big snow in Louisville. I mean, several snows here and there, but one really big one, Um, and we've experienced a few big ones here. Uh, But there was certainly one uh, that they were recovering from and a new baby this week in SBC history.
0: So I looked this up. Yeah? January 17th, 1994, Nashville got 2.2 inches of snow. But- what you're probably remembering was the big ice storm about a month later in February. No, there
1: was, there was the ice storm, but there was something. And maybe I have my years off. Maybe I'm thinking of the blizzard. There may have been one in 93 that was really big. That was like a week. So there was a snowstorm and yeah. an ice storm. The snowstorm just had us snowed in. The ice storm, like we had trees fall on our house. We had to go out. We had trees that went down on the road, and we had to go out with a chainsaw to get to my grandmother. So there, there were two, but I could be thinking about a '93 one. Well,
0: '93, you had 3.5 inches of snow. That was the biggest day of snow you had, and that was in February. So it's possible that that. Didn't mean what you talking about?
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't so. know. I lived out in the country, so it you know you if you got a good snow, the the roads did not get cleared where we were. So yeah, but the ice storm, the ice storm, We didn't was have bad. plows
0: in Cheatham County.
1: Or Robertson County. They certainly didn't make county. it out to our part of the county. I can tell you that.
0: All right. Okay. Well, that brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is
1: Everyday Theology which is a new Bible study out by Mary Wiley, a good friend of mine. And she's been talking about this for a while, and I'm very excited for her. So it's an eight-session study uh, that she did exploring eight doctrines, Scripture, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, humanity, salvation, the church, and the end times. So it's just the idea that Uh, theology is the study of God. It's not just for those with formal education or for those on, you know, on staff at at the church, it's for everyone. And so she wrote it in such a way, um, to really provide a foundation for, uh, for anyone. And I, I have been very excited about this, uh, excited for her. And I think this would be a great resource for the church.
0: Absolutely. Mary's great. And her and her husband make good furniture too. I have two pieces in my house that they made. did
1: not know that.
0: Yes. So okay. small world, I guess. All right. My resource of the week is the gospel according to Satan by Jared. I've been
1: Wilson. seeing, I've been seeing oh. some, uh, social media about this.
0: Yes. Uh, Jared is my favorite author. I read everything that he writes. I have not read this one yet. I just got it. So I, I'm ready to crack into it. And I'm so excited to because I just love his writing. So the gospel according to Satan examines eight lies that the devil uses to get us to believe and try to uh, combat those. So things like YOLO, uh, just let go and let God, things like that, that Jared is really expounding on in here and how those are lies uh, that takes you away from God. And uh, and he's just providing ways to, to kind of fight back against those. So I can't wait to crack into this one. Very cool. And also it's number one in demonology and Satanism, which I think is pretty hilarious.
1: I've seen a lot of kind of wisecracks about this on uh, on Twitter. It's awesome about the the title and all of that. So yeah,
0: so yeah Yeah, Pick it up, "Gospel According to Satan," Jared C. Wilson. There you go. All right, well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. A, a, a quick show this week. Some some big news, big announcements. Still, all these nomination announcements. So yes. exciting times, and I, I think we've got more coming probably in the weeks to come.
1: Well, I would hope so because if not, we're gonna have to bump one of those second vice president nominees (laughs) up to first. So
0: I'm uh, telling you, I'll just nominate you If, if nothing else. If nobody else gets announced, I'll just I'll nominate you.
1: Um, again, if nominated, I will not accept. I have enough on my plate. So next week, I will be coming to you from New Orleans.
0: Oh, that's we'll right. Have
1: to, we'll probably have to record on Friday morning because I'll be pretty busy on Thursday night right. at the inauguration. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'll be at the inauguration of Dr. Jamie Dew, president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Very, very excited to uh, to be down there, certainly for the festivities of, uh, of one of our sister and Certainly for the festivities of one of our institutions, uh, but more than anything, just to support our, our friends and celebrate with them. So it's going to be a an lot of fun. Update on their
0: house too.
1: Well, I can give you an update on their house, which is that if we can, if we close on this other one in a few weeks, then they're going to, they're going to get a, They're going to be able to close on this on their house here in Wake Forest. Yes, so there you go. The the they're very happy about that. But then we're going to stick around and do a a handful of things in New Orleans with the kids over the weekend. So so jealous. Yeah, so we'll be recording from there. I'll see you. I will have. I'll have the whole scoop.
0: All right. Well, that sounds like fun, Amy. So follow Amy on Twitter next week and Instagram. And we may get some content for that, uh, for the the EC page and Baptist Press and stuff like that too, since you'll be down there. Yep. So you got to work while you're on the road, Amy. That's how it works.
1: Absolutely. Is it, <laughs> listen, if I work from home, then I guess when I'm on the road, I got to work on the road. So my yes. office is everywhere.
0: Yes. The world is your oyster, Amy. Or it is like indeed. That. Yeah. Something like I think, that. I think that's in that Gospel According to Satan book by Jared. So maybe i'm not sure Well, then now i feel
1: bad that i just said it is indeed i don't
0: i don't think he tackles that one i don't think he tackled that one
1: thank you the world is not my oyster i'm here to serve i serve at the pleasure but in new orleans in
0: new orleans it can be your oyster that's right that's right your house on the half shell yes all right well that sounds good amy you have fun with that we'll talk to you from new orleans next week
1: all right see you next week